0: It's Lockdown Cardinals, part of your on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Bo Brock. Give me a follow on Twitter at Bob Brock. Follow the show at Cardinals. We have a big episode on tap for you. We're going to start to look at the Arizona Cardinals 2020 schedule. And outside of the division, the team's going to take on the AFC East and the NFC East, so they're going to take on foes like the New England Patriots, the Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, and the NFC East, the Washington Redskins, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Hated Dallas Cowboys. All of them offer intriguing matchups, and on this day, when the NFL, when the world lost a coaching legend like Don Shula, who passed away today at the age of 90, we're going to be joined by Kyle Krabs and Locked On Dolphins. It just happened to happen that way, so we'll get it in the conversation with Kyle Krabs, of course, of the Draft Network. A lot of his content was used this offseason as we previewed this year's draft. We'll get into the Dolphins offseason and preview this very intriguing matchup between Kind of two teams that uh, are, have contrasting styles. It's it's the high-flying offense that is the Arizona Cardinals with an offensive-minded head coach, and that uh, that defensive-minded team in Miami, coached by Brian Flores. We're going to get into that matchup, start to preview things. And the rest of the week, Alex is going to be joined by uh, a couple of the hosts from the AFC East this week, as I am also going to catch up with uh, Locked On Bills on Wednesday. It's going to be a fun week, of podcast for you here on Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow the show at Cards. But first, even before the NFL releases its 2020 schedule, the Arizona Cardinals are likely regaining a home field advantage. That's your Locked On Cardinals lead story. I'm your host, Beau Brock. The NFL schedule is set to be released no later than May 9th at the end of the week, but due to the coronavirus International tilts in London and Mexico City slated for 2020 are unlikely to happen. Multiple sources report the NFL will call off its annual international series games in London and Mexico City this year amid the coronavirus pandemic. The Arizona Cardinals and San Francisco 49ers were scheduled to play the game at Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. We don't know if the 2020 season's even going to be played But the league remains confident. What will it look like? Will be played in front of empty crowds? But one thing's for sure, playing abroad, that's not happening as of today. The Cardinals, they haven't played in Mexico since 2005, but back then they beat the Niners 31-14 in front of a crowd of over 100,000 fans, which right now would be a huge issue. Arizona gaining the rights to Super Bowl 57. The team was required to play a home game internationally before the 2023 season. And it's likely they're still on the hook for that for a future game in Mexico, Mexico or the UK going forward, just not in the 2020 season. But this is a win for the 2020 Arizona Cardinals. It's shaping up to be what we'll call a unique situation. the 2020 season the arizona cardinals not being forced to do anything outside of the normal or the new normal is a positive more so london games but international games do provide and kind of throw a wrench into the game planning and scheduling for each and every organization now now the team can just focus on meshing a ton of new players into its game plan hopefully the removal of the international contest won't take away from the cardinals playing on prime time Along with playing in Mexico, the games, they're broadcast usually on Monday Night Football. It would have been a great showcase for the new look Cardinals. Quarterback Kyler Murray, his new weapon, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, the new look defense that Steve Kime was consumed with building this offseason. Three key free agent additions. Jordan Phillips, the interior of that defensive line. Devon Kennard to the pass rush. Devon Campbell to the linebacking core. And of course, new weapon on the defense. First round pick, 8th overall selection on Clemson, Swiss Army Knife, Isaiah Simmons. It was against the division foe, which made it to the Super Bowl last season too, so the Arizona Cardinals would have been kind of a likable underdog in a primetime contest a, on an international stage. The Cardinals, though, it, it would have been a plus because the Cardinals were limited to just one primetime game in 2019. That was a Thursday night football contest on Halloween against the San Francisco 49ers. Remember that. A couple of blunders on Cliff Kingsbury's part. The Arizona Cardinals lost to the NFC champions in a tight contest. Maybe a lost opportunity, but I think a lot of people will look at this as a win because last time the Arizona Cardinals played internationally, it was an international incident. They were massacred by the LA Rams in London, 33 to nothing. International games, though, they're not something that's going away, and the NFL will continue to pursue them after the 2020 season. Everybody's fine with the tilts abroad until it's their team. And like Thursday night football, it becomes a bit of a burden, especially on that year's schedule when that week comes up. With international contests being put on hold, it's the first for what maybe what the effect of coronavirus will have on the upcoming season. Hopefully more light will be shed when the full season schedule is released by the end of the week. The Cardinals are playing their six-game division slate plus contests against the AFC East and NFC East as well as NFC North games sprinkled in there. Home games against the Eagles, Redskins, Bills, Dolphins, and Lions. Road games against the Panthers, Cowboys, Patriots, Giants, and Jets plus the Niners, Seahawks, and Rams. We don't know what the 2020 season going to, how it's going to be executed. But the NFL seems determined to make it happen. And the Arizona Cardinals, regardless if it's in front of an empty stadium or a packed house at State Farm Stadium in front of the Red Sea, the Arizona Cardinals, they're going to be fun to watch. Coming up next, we begin our division crossover series. Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins. He's going to talk about the loss of coaching legend Don Shula and help us preview the Arizona Cardinals-Miami Dolphins matchup in the 2020 season that's coming up next. Locked on Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I've been trying my best to stay in shape while practicing social distancing. I've been able to do so through some home workouts, but the toughest thing by far is not snacking too much. Sometimes I'll just hit my pantry out of sheer boredom. This is dangerous. Thankfully, I've curbed the snacking to a minimum and found my new favorite healthy alternative without sacrificing taste. Thanks to built bars. Built bars are tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with 16 amazing flavors. Built bars are tasty. Built bars are healthy. It's perfect for the health conscious guy. Lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high in fiber. 20 grams of protein, 170 calories with 3 grams of sugar. Right now, go to builtbar.com. use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's right. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at builtbar.com for $10 off at builtbar.com. It's Locked On Cardinals, Locked On Dolphins, special Locked On crossover series, division series. It continues here. We did it across the NFC West a couple months ago. That was fun. Now we start to ramp up for the 2020 season. Looking forward to that. Whenever it comes down, it's going to be exciting. And the Arizona Cardinals, we don't know when the games are going to happen, but we certainly know who the opponent, opponents are going to be. And the Arizona Cardinals are going to take on the AFC East this year and across division rival. You've got the Dolphins joining us and our host, Kyle Krabs, who you may not know this. I mentioned it during the times when we were talking about his spectacular mock drafts. But uh, he has provided a lot of content for Locked On Cardinals this offseason. Kyle Krabs, of course, Locked On Dolphins joins us. Also, thedraftnetwork.com.
1: Kyle, what's going on, man? Hey, Bo. Uh, the, the aftermath of the draft, the dust is kind of settled. So this is a fun time for everybody to, you know, months and months of speculation, right? We we finally have the answers as far as what direction the team uh, decided to go. Really surprised, first and foremost, with Arizona with Isaiah Simmons. I think that's such a fun fit for you guys, and, and uh, Simmons being a, a chess piece defender who uh, Brian Flores was commonly linked to. Obviously, their their issues at quarterback took precedent, but I think you're going to get so much out of him, and I, I'm excited to see how they choose to use him.
0: Yeah, it's you know it's one of those things where we, we heard from Vance Joseph, who had some time. He was the DC down there in Miami. Mm-hmm. And- his last successful stint probably in the NFL outside of a failed co- head coaching position. And then last year, was uh, it was pretty trying for Vance Joseph here in his first season of the Cardinals defensive coordinator. But it'll be interesting, his comments, how he said he's going to primarily use Simmons as a linebacker, and then kind of backtrack those comments and uh, said, okay, yeah, we are going to use him like he was used at Clemson. We want Isaiah to be Isaiah. So, We'll see. I mean, it's so early. It was April when he said those comments. And and we'll see once the players actually do hit the field uh, what it's going to look like. And I'm sure that's going to change. I kind of said it. it's just like Kyler Murray at the quarterback position. We didn't know how his game was going to translate from the college to the pro uh, level. And it was just one of those things where it was fluid. And I think the same is going to be said for Isaiah Simmons. They're the type of athletes where it's not going to matter. They're going to figure it out. And they're going to make an impact regardless. But, uh, I mean, you said it there. You kind of jumped the gun a little bit on my first question because of your insight on the draft. But I'm looking at the Dolphins draft, and I'm very impressed with that as well. They've fulfilled a ton of needs. And here we sit, as this podcast is being recorded May 4th, uh, without the schedule being released, if the Cardinals play, let's say, the Miami Dolphins of the first quarter of the season, it's got to be Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, right? Not too, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I, I think the Dolphins will handle with care. Everything that they've talked about has been more long-term view and understanding they, they want to be competitive, but they want to uh, build a long-term winner first and foremost. And Fitzpatrick having the sweat equity that he does with the coaching staff and the, the players that will be remaining on the roster, although you're probably looking at 50% turnover for the roster for the second consecutive season, uh, which is a testament of how much work this this new rebuild had in front of them. Uh, Fitzpatrick for sure the first quarter of the season I would be really surprised if we got through the first half and he was still not starting because coaching staff fell in love with him last year and, and he really helped elevate the play of those around him and with so many new pieces uh, kind of a steady hand I think is going to be the the decision they prioritize at the quarterback position
0: yeah and that's interesting that you say that because we're looking at a pair of five win teams from 2020 Kyle and it's they they both had pretty spectacular off seasons, and you know Patrick Peterson, the Cardinals' talented cornerback, said on social media, I think it was last week, said, and, and he was right by saying this: his championships aren't won on paper because as many times as we see these teams go from sub 500, we see the jump like the Niners made from 2018 to 2019, where they're kind of a worst to first scenario. That there's as, as many of those. Situations happen. There's also the Cleveland Browns of last year. There's also the uh, proclaimed dream team for the Philadelphia Eagles that kind of fall flat on their face. And what what do you think it's going to take between either the Cardinals and the Dolphins to kind of avoid that fate? Or or what are you looking for? What are the expectations now for the Fins in 2020 after this this offseason?
1: I, I think progress is the number one name of the game for Miami, and I think realistically you knew they weren't going to check all the boxes because of the, the aggressive teardown that they had last year. They they understand you can't possibly fill every need, and that's why I really appreciate what Miami did decide to do as far as the offensive line. They signed two potential starters in free agency between Eric Flowers and Ted Karras, and then they went out and you know, half of their first seven draft picks were offensive linemen and, and really choosing to uh, invest in an offensive line for a franchise that, Hasn't had the opportunity uh, to have stability and good offensive line play for like the better course of a decade. And, boy, I I look at the Cardinals, and that's a fascinating kind of discrepancy between these two teams, in my opinion. Where I look at you know young franchise quarterbacks with both teams, and Kyler Murray had the great year that he had this past year, and uh, Cliff Kingsbury's play style and Kyler's play style. There's a, more and more teams that you see that, that seem to think if we go spread and quick passing game, we don't need a bunch of studs up front. And I think it's interesting that the Dolphins are adopting a, a different philosophy, one with the durability questions with Tua, but also it seems like what they're going to try and do is replicate so much of what Alabama's offense did as far as power run game downhill and RPO stuff. So I think that's a fun layer between these two teams in that they're both trying to accomplish the same thing and are generally speaking in the same area of their life cycle. But if you just looked at like one of the core identifying units on both of these football teams, you're seeing two very different philosophies playing out, which is fun.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, as much as they're the same, they're so different. And uh, like we said, the the wins in 2019 were right there. It would be interesting to see which team and which philosophy possibly makes the jump in 2020 but it is it's a defensive minded head coach versus a very offensive I mean it's it's Brian (laughs) Flores who came from the DC background up there in New England I remember Flores was on the the Cardinals shortlist the first time after Bruce Arians retired they uh they looked into this unknown Brian Flores he was the linebackers coach there at that time and we're like who is is this was Brian Flores created in a lab in New England by Bill Belichick like there was his Wikipedia page was so short at that point we knew Nothing about the guy. And then we see last year, and it really seemed like the Dolphins in that locker room rallied around him. And in a similar fashion, it happened out here in the desert. But you're exactly right. I I don't know if going with basically the status quo, and and I know you know about Josh Jones, the third-round pick out of Houston, mm-hmm. who slipped the 72nd overall, which was kind of head-scratching despite you know the technique flaws that he had. But he had a fantastic year at Houston. I don't know if, if moving forward with the status quo offensive line That relinquished 50 sacks is ever a good idea. But with Kyler Murray coming back, having a better grasp of the offense in his sophomore season, um, and with, I guess they're really gonna roll the dice to see if a guy like Marcus Gilbert could stay healthy at the right tackle position and the depth that Jones adds potentially to play either tackle position. Because DJ Humphreys, despite playing 16 games last season at the left tackle position, he hasn't been healthy his entire career. He signed the extension this year. So it's it's a big gamble. But when they were where their cap was, and as far as their draft assets were concerned, I think it was just something Kime wanted to the roll the dice. And he thought that Kingsbury's offense and how quick they want to get the ball out. And if you look at those 50 sacks, how many were on Kyler Murray being a rookie quarterback shoulders, just holding onto the ball a little bit too long? Can you cut that in, in a quarter? Can you cut that in half? because then that's a completely different ballgame. I, I think that they're going to try to roll like that, even though I'm more in a traditional mindset that uh, what the Dolphins are doing and building both sides of the football, they're, they're up front in the trenches, that's the way to be successful. Kyle, I want to get your thoughts on that philosophy on the other side. Kyle Krabs, of course, locked on Dolphins, the Draft Network. I'm Bo Brock. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Bob Rack. It's Locked on Cardinals. It's your division crossover series part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping up the first division crossover podcast of the week. It's going to be a busy one. Cardinals versus their AFC East opponents, Kyle Krabs, of course, Locked On Dolphins, thedraftnetwork.com, joins us here on the podcast. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Bob Brackham, your host, Bo Brock. Follow the show, at Locked Easy Cards, and we were talking about it, contrasting philosophies and how each of these teams, the Fins and the Cards, approached rebuilding their offensive line this offseason and I wanted to get your thoughts on it Kyle
1: well I think it's you're giving Dolphins fans PTSD because we think about the Ryan Tannehill era specifically and it was like piecemealed offensive line and they'd sign some 32 year old over the hill guy to come in and play like the one weakest spot on the line but other than that they'd leave everything exactly the same and they would try and make Ryan into something that he was not. And he ended up eating a ton of sacks. So that's the big learning curve. As I look at Arizona, you know, it can work and you, you see places where it has worked to not value interior offensive linemen specifically. Uh, and Kyler has all the tools to make that work. But as you said, evolving his play style and, and, speeding up that process and learning when to take your wins and losses was something Ryan Tannehill never did. And he he held the ball way too long. And if the first read wasn't there, he was slow to come off of it. You know, so there's different strengths and weaknesses between Kyler and Ryan, but it's just fun to hear, you know, with a head coach that showed some really nice things offensively, especially as we got into the back half of the year with Cliff in Arizona. uh, This philosophy has been something that has burned the Dolphins so badly but it comes back to, did you have the right quarterback in place and did you have the right head coach in place? So if Arizona has those two things, as you said, even though it might not necessarily be the philosophy uh, you would ideally adopt for yourself, doesn't mean it won't work.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I can see what Steve kime the general manager is is attempting here. And, you know, I think it's it's especially when you add a game changer like they did this earlier this offseason with probably the biggest blockbuster, mm. uh, you know, outside of <laughs> Tom Brady and, and DeAndre Hopkins yeah. coming over and, and just a head scratching of a move from the Houston Texans where Bill O'Brien, not only does he take just the brutal contract of David Johnson, who's making over $10 million at the running back position despite having one 100 yard game since 2016 under his belt uh the, also he trades away a top three receiver in this league and then deandre hopkins comes over fulfills an absolute need for the cardinals at that position and that's that's what's going to be fun to watch when this game goes down in 2020 is because of the addition on the in the defensive secondary in the offseason for miami yeah. in free agency and in the draft
1: Yeah, they went super press man heavy across the board. And while we're bagging on the Houston Texans, just let me say it is a great year to have Houston Texans futures picks. Miami having the one and the two next year for Houston, courtesy of Laramie Tunsil deal. I am Mm -hmm. all for every questionable decision Bill O'Brien can possibly make. (laughs) But as you said, as far as the matchup with the, the passing game versus the passing defense, yeah, I mean Fitz Hopkins and Kirk, and you know if Isabella takes a step forward, uh, Miami went out and spent huge money on Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. They probably were more tentative with him than they probably had to be as far as putting him on IR when they put him on last year. He only played four games with a knee issue, uh, so you got two big physical guys that are are capable of really disrupting the catch radius of physical receivers on the outside. And then Noah the, the is going to play the nickel for Miami. And he played, I think, one of the top five highest frequency of press reps uh, of any corner in the class this past year. So really good scheme fits and, and kind of stylistic clashes that um, is going to be one of these heavyweight – and it's – listen, that's – the Brian Flores, was he built in the blab by Bill Belichick question? Uh, he's going to try and fight fire with fire and he's going to try and out muscle guys in space, which, you know, is you have to have one hell of a defensive back group to pull it off. And that's why Dolphins fans may have scratched their head throughout this draft saying, really? We took a corner here. We couldn't have drafted you know, a running back or, and they ended up, you know, moving a fifth round pick for a guy that you guys know pretty well in Matt Breida. Uh, so not panicking when the running back didn't materialize for them uh, seems as though they've they've pulled some nice pieces together. But the identity of this Dolphins team is going to be a direct stylistic clash with the identity of the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Yeah, it wasn't the Cardinals' fifth round pick that came over for Kenyon Drake because that would be pretty fascinating if it was the de- that they pretty much just swapped Matt Breida for Kenyon Drake. That that wouldn't have been a bad deal for the
1: Miami Dolphins, but uh, no, and that, and that was the same five that we originally gave you for Rosen too. So it's like that pick's made the rounds, man. It has,
0: it has. And it's, 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 it's had its, uh, its run. And yeah, Kenyon Drake is also a, a big, uh, linchpin for this offense going forward. He certainly kind of found his, his footing. Uh, we've seen that before in Miami. He seemed like he was going to kind of take a grasp on the starting running back position. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's, he, he kind of, puttered out there, but uh, the, the offense is, he's going to have a big role going forward here for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he's signed to the transition tag, making over $8 million for this, this one season, unless they can iron out a multi-year deal, but it's locked on Cardinals, locked on Dolphins. Um, I want to, I want to talk of course about the passing of Don Shula, but before that, let's just kind of put a bow on this and just kind of talk about what our expectations are for both of these teams. Just kind of uh, in real quick summary of of what we think a pair of five win teams can do after some pretty big moves in the 2020 off season.
1: Yeah. I'm looking for both of these teams to challenge 500 uh, to be honest with you. I know getting the luxury of uh, a softer schedule relative to uh, where you finished in the division last year uh, versus the improvements and the youth movement that both of these teams seem to be on and, and coaches in second years where uh, there's going to be a little bit of continuity there. I know Miami changed both coaching coordinators, uh, but Flores is very much a CEO type, and that's been kind of the opposite of what Miami's been hunting for a really long time, looking for a guy like a Cliff Kingsbury, ironically enough. I'm thinking eight, nine wins for both of these teams it should not be off the table.
0: No, I th- absolutely. And if they fall short of that, then things like Vance Joseph – uh, at the defensive coordinator position, Cliff Kingsbury even, they're gonna, their seat's going to get a little hotter. For whatever reason, uh, a guy like Steve Kime is bulletproof. I don't know if he has pictures of Cardinals president Michael Bidwell that keeps him in that general manager position. Who knows? But uh, I like what he's done this offseason, and I think that the Arizona Cardinals, if they can mesh it. I mean, obviously, it's a unique offseason where they're not being able to get together uh, as much as you'd like. Um, are they going to be able to mesh enough to where they can compete in a tough NFC West? But then when you see that they're taking on the AFC East, normally, you know, the last 20 years, you're like, oof, that's a tough poll. Of course, you got to go to Foxborough and you got to take on the, the the Patriots, and that's looking a little bit more uh, appetizing than normal. But I absolutely agree with you. You got to push for nine wins. And with the extra playoff spot, that could be a wild card position in the 2020 season.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun to see play out. Just real quick,
0: uh, Kyle Krabs, of course, locked on Dolphins. Uh, thoughts on the passing of Hall of Fame uh, head coach Don Shula? Passed away at the age of ninety. One of the winningest winningest coaches, obviously in franchise history. The only, you know, start to finish undefeated season he was able to accomplish that there with Miami.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot of time of reflection this morning thinking about Coach Shula and his legacy in Miami, and you, know, you, you think about uh, the two Super Bowls. And the perfect season. But I think the thing that stands out the most is the stability and the longevity that Coach Shula brought as far as not only just being the winningest head coach in NFL history, but he was in Miami for 26 seasons and had two losing seasons. And you compare that to wow. what life has been like for him. And he was, he was in Baltimore for seven seasons before that and never had a losing season. So 33 total Seasons as an NFL head coach, two losing seasons. He went ten and six in nineteen eighty eight, and he went six and eight in nineteen seventy six, and that's it. Everything else was winning records. It's it's really incredible. He was one hundred and seventy two games above five hundred. He experienced a ton of roster turnover. He played with three different Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and uh, but took two more quarterbacks, one being David Woodley, and the other being Earl Morrall, to Super Bowls. Despite having, you know, Dan Marino and Johnny Unitas and, and Bob Greasy throughout stretches of his career. So um, just really impressive to stop and think about and appreciate and think about like how good Bill Belichick has been with the New England Patriots and realize that he's still 55 wins behind Don Chula for the oh most of NFL
0: history. That's
1: insane. That's incredible.
0: Unbelievable stuff. And uh, well said, Kyle Krabs. Follow him on Twitter at Grinding the Tape. Also uh, read his work, TheDraftNetwork.com. Check his work out on, on a daily basis. Locked on Dolphins. Enjoying the uh, crossover series already. Kyle, thanks for your time, man.
1: Hey, Thank you, Bo. Really good chatting with you. And uh, best of luck to you throughout the course of the 2020 season. And I hope you enjoy your summer.
0: Thanks, man. Likewise. That's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Bob Rack. Also, follow the show at Locked AZ Cards. And don't forget to go to BuiltBar.com to get $10 off your first order by using the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On to get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Tomorrow, our division crossover series continues. Alex will be joined by Locked On Jets. Going to be another great podcast. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your Monday and tell your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Locked On NFL. Have a great day. Have a great Tuesday. I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.
1: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts.
0: That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.